Turn off your lights. Make sure your doors and windows are locked. Things are about to get spooky. A Long Way Up by Dark Hero XX. I'll try not to bore you with all the details of my personal life, but there's a bit of a setup for this. I have a toxic family, hung out with shitty friends, and dated an abusive ex that led me to where I am now. Living in the middle of nowhere rural New York was just suffocating. There wasn't a single good thing about where I came from, so I pulled together what little I had and escaped that hellhole. It was tough at first as I bounced between hotels the first few weeks I got here, but it felt like my life was changing for the better. My plans going forward are to work as much as possible, save as much money as I can, make some cool new friends, and eventually live in a nice place. I was lucky enough to land a waitress job at a nice restaurant, but it was almost across the city from where I stayed, so I had to commute on this busy subway to get to work. I'm a tiny 24-year-old woman, and honestly, it's a bit nerve-wracking to be alone all the time. I just walk a bit faster and kept my head down if anything happened. After a few weeks at work, I was finally able to find a cheap apartment a few blocks away from the restaurant. The apartment building had definitely seen some things, but anything was better than living bunk to bunk with strangers. You would think my place would be massive, with eight floors within a weathered brick building, but when I reached my new home on 8B, I was faced with space where everything from the bedroom to the kitchen was a few steps away. As I got settled into my apartment, I was able to convince myself that it was still better than being abused every day. I sometimes work late from 3pm to 11pm, and I'd be lying if I say I wasn't nervous going home at night. I've had a few instances where I had creeps on the street walk a bit too close to me and a few of them even tried to follow me home. Thankfully, each time a cop or someone would be close by to intervene, but those are different stories for another time. This all happened one night after a particularly hectic shift at work. After cleaning up my section and clocking out for the night, I said goodbye to my coworkers as I went out into the cold night. My mind was completely blank and my body went autopilot towards my apartment building. I'm not sure if it was because I was just spaced out or what, but I remember that night everything was eerily quiet. Before I knew it, I was already at the entrance of my building. The door was old and heavy, so I snapped back into reality to exert an extra bit of strength to get inside. The door groaned as I pulled it open and I squeezed my body through. I was met with warm air, my cheeks tingling as my skin adjusted to the temperature. I stepped towards the elevator and pressed the button to call it down. I waited for a few minutes, then a minute more before pressing the button a couple more times. The elevator didn't come down, and I cursed under my breath as I made my way towards the stairs. I was so exhausted and the thought of going up all these stairs just to get to my apartment on the top floor was already torture. I was so ready to just crash onto my bed, the thought alone drove me to begin my climb up the stairs. I kept my head down, and with my hand on the rail, began to go upstairs towards my room. My footsteps made an echo thud with each step I took. 
A few steps down and a million to go. I made it up to the second floor on the stairway, and as soon as I crossed the threshold, I was hit with a pungent smell. It completely took me by surprise, and I was stopped in my tracks from gagging. I pressed my hand over my mouth and nose in a futile attempt to shield myself from the smell. Whatever it was, it smelled of something rotten, and it began to fill my mouth and lungs. I could almost taste the air, and my imagination made me think I was licking decayed meat. I quickly pressed onwards to escape whatever was making that smell, and as I continued up the stairs, I realized that the sound of my footsteps weren't alone. With each step I took, I could hear a faint pit-pat sound of someone else's footsteps coming from right below me. I pulled my head down over the railing, and I saw someone else slowly walking up the stairs as well. It was a woman wearing a sheer white nightgown, her thin frame almost visible through the fabric. She had her head down, raven hair flowing down with her arms laying down by her side. She was walking up the stairs with a light pit-pat from her bare feet pressing against each step. The woman looked like that girl from the grunge movies, except that she was extremely tall. I'm pretty short, just a bit taller than 5'4", but this woman had to have been at least 6 feet tall. Her body was hunched over and her hair was covering her face. and she got closer, the smell grew stronger. I've only seen a few people that lived in my apartment building, and I had never seen her before. In short, I was pretty unsettled, so I quickly made my way up towards the third floor. Faint pants began to escape my lips, only a few flights of stairs and I was already getting tired. Then I heard the light pit-pat of the woman's footsteps again, except this time they were fast. I turned around, and before I knew it, I saw her tall frame hunched over behind me. The nauseating smell forced its way down my nose and throat. I was halfway up towards the fourth floor, and she was a couple steps before the third. She was just a couple feet away from me. Past my short breaths, I could hear her deep, scratching inhales with her croaking exhales. I didn't know if it was just a coincidence or not, but I quickly turned and bolted up the stairs. I shot past the fourth floor, and the noise behind me had suddenly increased in tempo. Pit-pat, pit-pat, pit-pat. I was wholly convinced now that this woman was following me. Enough was enough, so I started running up the stairs. I zoomed past the fifth floor, my heart was racing, and each breath I took was burning cold in my chest. I couldn't slow down. That woman's footsteps were loud and echoed behind me with a pit-pat, pit-pat, pit-pat. I swear her breath was right behind my head and a warm mist hit my neck that caused a chill to run down my spine. What's worse was the damn smell grew even stronger, the odor of decay. My mind began to race. I was nearing the sixth floor and I wasn't sure if I should start banging on doors on that floor to get help or attempt to make it to the safety of my own apartment. What if they didn't answer the door? Would I even make it to my apartment? What if she ended up catching up to me? At that final thought, I stupidly turned around, and I felt faint when I saw she was indeed just a couple steps behind me. Not only that, 
She was crawling up the stairs like some sort of animal with her long, pale limbs and hair back as shadows covered her entire face. I let out a scream as I raced up the stairs even more. I hoped in my mind that someone would come out and save me, but as I made it to the seventh floor, I realized there was no savior coming to my aid. I had just one more floor left and my apartment was the first door on the right from the stairs. I prayed to myself, begging for enough strength to somehow make it to the door before whatever that thing made its way to me. That was when I made the mistake of jinxing myself. I felt my right leg falter as soon as I made it halfway towards the eighth floor. My face began to crash towards the steps, but I was able to catch myself in time. I turned to see that the woman had caught up and I could feel the blood draining from my face as my chest tightened at the sight of her. Her raspy breaths filled my ears as she lifted one of her long, pale arms to reach towards me. She took a breath and let out a gravely sting of words. Come with me. Her long fingers slowly wrapped around my ankle and began to pull me towards her. No, 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 stop! I screamed at the top of my lungs. I kicked as I turned up to grab the step ahead of me in order to pull myself away from her grip. I was in a desperate struggle to escape, and as I continued to kick at her, I heard the snapping of bones. I was expecting a rush of pain to shoot up my body until I realized the sound of breaking bones wasn't from me, but from her. The woman's grip loosened around my ankle, and I quickly crawled up the stairs without turning back. I got on my feet and ran to my apartment door, turning around to see if my attacker was behind me or not, until I suddenly slammed into something that knocked me onto my ass. From the floor, I looked up and saw a familiar face of my ex-boyfriend looking down at me. An image all too familiar that caused a plethora of flashbacks to burst in my mind. I tried to lift myself up, but before I knew it, he had already grabbed my arm and yanked me up. I saw in his eyes so much anger, something else that I was familiar with. I went to the pain from where he was squeezing me, and I begged for him to let me go. I was stuck between a rock and a hard place, stuck between two monsters. He looked at me and scoffed. His voice boomed as he spoke. You fucking bitch, do you know how long it took me to find your pathetic ass? I felt so small now. Everything I had worked so hard to escape was now right in front of me again. Please, I'm sorry. Let me go, please. We have to get inside. I wailed. Like always, my words fell upon deaf ears. His gruff voice boomed again. You and I are going back home, and you are going to stay where you fucking belong. I tugged at my arm, but I couldn't move an inch within his grip. With my free hand, I swiped it across his face. I could feel his skin tear under my fingernails. He turned his head, and I saw my scratch marks had caused thin streaks of crimson. My little victory quickly turned to pure fear as he turned back to me with a face twisted in pure anger. He lifted a fist and I just stood, closing my eyes to await the impact until I heard him let out a gasp. His hand loosened on my arm and I heard him shout, What the fuck is that? 
I kept my eyes closed, but I knew what he was referring to. I could hear a pit-pats of her steps, and the deep, raspy breath echo through the hallway, and the air filled with the smell of rot. I curled into a ball, waiting for one of the monsters to come and finish me. Instead, I heard my ex's footsteps thud away from me, followed by fast pitter-pattering of a woman's towards him. I was on the floor next to the door of my apartment, cowering like a small child as I heard the thud of impact. I looked to see the woman, so tall and thin, hovering over my ex and being him senseless. Blood began to splatter with each blow to his face, then I heard a door creak open. I turned towards the direction of the sound to see an old woman peeking through the cracks. Her face was pale as a sheet and filled with fear. A fear I had grown too familiar with tonight. I couldn't speak. The words just couldn't come out. And all I could do was mouth out, help. I saw her take a deep breath and open the door. She had a cell phone gripped in her hand. I... I already called the police. Her meek voice filled the hallway. We both looked down the hall and saw my ex bloodied and beaten on the floor, with no sign of the woman in sight. The old woman and I were frozen in place for what felt like hours until the police finally showed up from the elevator. My ex was beaten to near death by a mysterious assailant. The old woman and I described the tall woman to the police, but they were in disbelief. My ex was rushed to the hospital, and that was the last night I ever talked to him. A couple days after that, I was filled with terror when I thought about going up the stairs. Luckily, the elevator worked without fail. Eventually, I went next door towards the old woman's apartment to finally thank her for helping me. When she opened the door, she looked at me with surprise, but invited me in for a cup of tea. We sat in silence for a moment until I asked her if she knew who the woman was. She stared at me for a moment with her pale blue eyes and told me a story. Once upon a time, when she was a little girl living in this building, there was a woman who lived with her husband somewhere in the apartments. She remembered that one day, everyone was complaining about a smell coming from one of the rooms, and eventually the owner of the building had to open the apartment to find the tall woman beaten by her husband and her corpse left to rot. The old woman recalled being just a little girl amongst the crowd of people seeing the dead body being carried away. The smell was horrible. I finished my tea, thanked her again for her help, and went back to my apartment. When I reached my door, I stood there and just took a few minutes to take all the information in. I squeezed my eyes shut, and I heard the pitter-patters of bare feet behind me. Thank you. I whispered to the tall woman. I know that she must have been trying to help me. From the elevator to the stairway, the tall woman was just trying to help me avoid a fate like hers. <laughs> Stop that! I yelled, simultaneously laughing and horrified at my best friend, pretending to drop a large rock over the overpass rail. Next thing I know, time is standing still and we are helpless to do anything but watch it crash through the windshield of an oncoming minivan. 
At the Iron Gates by Bees with Udders A soft pale glow slowly crept in from the darkness, rousing the unconscious man. With heavy eyelids and a tightness behind his brow, Mike gently came to. He was looking straight up, back against the cold, damp earth, eyes fixed on the unmoving, washed-out sky above. His mind reeled, veiled by a haze as thick as the fog that surrounded him. He couldn't remember where he was or how he got there. He lay motionless for some time, allowing the grogginess to pass. Small stones and wet mud made uncomfortable, but he was soon lucid enough to move without feeling dizzy. Hands darkened by dirt brushed themselves off against filthy trousers as Mike stood up. All around him, swirling playfully, stretched a pallid fog spread out thinly across a wide dirt road. Small wisps and puffs of smoky gloom gathered around his ankles, dampening his socks. Winding through the patchy fog, the dirt road stretched on to eternity under the clawing embrace of looming trees. The bark, the sickly pale gray of a corpse flecked with hints of green and blue, where vast colonies of fungal fraud and ate at the trees from within. Decay wafted on a light breeze. It clung sickly and wet to the back of Mike's throat no matter how hard he tried to shift it. He acted up a glob of phlegm and it disappeared into a mist, sending sweet, twirling ripples across its ever-shifting surface. Mike looked behind him and saw the same road twisting away into a foreboding darkness. A darkness he could not hold in his gaze for long, out of fear what lay beyond the inky shroud. The breeze suddenly picked up, scattering the mist from the path before him, bunching the rolling clouds against the thick base of the dying trees. Mike thought he caught a soft voice upon the wind. Silently, Mike waited, straining his ears to try and catch the voice again. When he heard nothing more, he convinced himself it was just the dry rustling of the damp old canopy above, but he was solely mistaken, as when the wind picked up further, he heard a single, unmistakable word. Walk. Mike froze. The voice carried on the wind seemed to come from everywhere and nowhere at once. How was that possible? That sort of thing doesn't happen, not in the calm and quiet English countryside. But this wasn't the countryside anymore, was it? This was somewhere uncanny and alien, somewhere Mike didn't feel he was welcome, but at the same time he felt as if this was where he was supposed to be. Where exactly was he? He would soon find out as the wind suddenly changed direction with such force that Mike stumbled forward and was set on his way down the winding path. For some time, Mike walked down the path, the wet crunch of sloppy gravel his sole companion. He tried to focus on the rise and follow the road ahead, but occasionally he would cast his gaze elsewhere. Through the thick tree line, cured by the swirling fog, Mike could have sworn he had saw something moving. Shapes lurked and lingered just out of sight, melding with the shadows of the forest. 
seemingly keeping pace with him as he trudged further along into the misty eternity. Something about the musky shadows deeply unsettled him, but his attention was soon arrested, for the road came to an abrupt end. The tree line rescinded and the canopy opened, allowing the path to widen and the sky to meet the misty horizon. Bearing the path stood an immense wrought iron gate, flanked by a pair of great chipped stone brick pillars. Ancient hinges held fast to the weather masonry by large black bolts and thick orange rust. Beyond the gate was a land engulfed in a violent torrent of swirling winds and blackening fog. Between Mike and the gate stood a hooded figure. Their tattered robes bellowed calm as they stood waiting for Mike to approach. Mike could barely see the figure's face. Their cowl was lowered so only ghostly white chin and a set of pearly white teeth were visible. I excuse me, Mike's voice caught in his throat. This was the first time he had spoken since walking. I, I don't suppose you can tell me where I am. A thin hiss escaped between the figure's perfect teeth and a voice like grinding gravel rasped. You've come to the end of the road. I am the gatekeeper, and I have waited long for our meeting. The gatekeeper raised its head level with Mike's gaze. Wispy cloud eyes stared vacantly from sunken hollows. The chalky complexion was accentuated by prominent cheekbones, a tight furrow brow, and the overall gauntness of a desiccated corpse. Mike stoned back in surprise, tripping over his own feet and landing hard on his backside. He scrambled in the dirt and turned to run, but the road was gone, leaving the barred gate as the only way out. Who are you? Mike screamed, his voice deadened to nothing but a whisper by the pervading mist. What do you want with me? I am here. The gatekeeper slid gracefully across the mud like it was skating on ice and held out an old, withered hand. To help. Mike took the clawed hand, surprised not only by its fragile nature, but also by its immense strength. With no effort at all, the gatekeeper hauled Mike to his feet single-handedly. Before you pass through the gate... First, your soul is to be judged, worthy or not, of what lies beyond. Rancid breath wafted on the tail of each word, stinging Mike's eyes. Judge my soul, so I'm dead? Bones creaked like brittle branches in the wind as the gatekeeper gently nodded in agreement. Mike was surprised to not be stood at the pearly gates and speak to St. Peter, but he was reassured that there was at least a gate of some description. And who judges my soul? You? Another subtle nod. Well, only God can judge a soul, and you don't look like a god to me. Where do I go to see him? There is no god here. Only me. If you refuse judgment, 
then you're free to wander the woods with the others. The gatekeeper extended a slender arm and gestured past Mike towards a dark forest behind them. Dark silhouettes cast shadowy suggestions of bodies moving among the trees, never close enough to the road to be seen, always shrouded by the fog. Reluctantly, Mike agreed to allow his soul to be judged by the guardian of the Iron Gates. Folds of dry, crackled skin unfurled upon the gatekeeper's brow to reveal a third eye hidden in the center of his forehead. Glincing in the pale light, the piercing third eye bore straight through Mike's body and penetrated the depths of his soul. Before Mike could even begin to scream, his entire being was opened up to the strange entity that stood before him. Mike felt the searing cold surge through his entire body, emitting from deep within his skull. The burning chill coursed through his veins, his body cramping as they locked in place. He tried to scream, his head swimming from the pain but Mike could not move as the gatekeeper began to molest his soul. Mike's whole life cascaded in a torrent of color and sound before his eyes. Snippets of his early childhood in the countryside, of his friends and family during the holiday or at church, of hard work and diligent study the rest of the year. Glimpses of loved ones he held dear in his heart morphed into longer scenes of those hearts he had broken. Shattered dreams and broken promises flickered by, an unending stream of disappointment and betrayal that twisted into a tight knot in the pit of Mike's stomach. Missed birthdays and canceled plans, everything Mike had neglected in favor of his own work or personal life rushed in like a tidal wave, drowning Mike in regret. The unscrupulous probing lasted only moments, but each painful second was drawn out to the length of an eternity before collapsing in on itself, as another wave of discomfort flushed out the last. Mike felt the pressure relieve as the searching tendrils of the gatekeeper's psyche retreated from his mind. Mind, body, and soul was left undamaged by the overbearing assault, but the scars inflicted upon Mike's memory of that otherworldly presence would linger forever. He collapsed in the dirt and once again looked up at the three-eyed gatekeeper. Judgment has passed and verdict reached. The gatekeeper paused for a moment. Mike's heart hammered in his chest as he prayed for the answer he deserved. You are not worthy. Mike's heart sank, fear gripped his stomach and loosened his bowels. Not worthy? How am I not worthy? I am a man of God! Mike screamed up at the gatekeeper, who remained unfazed by the sudden outburst. For a devout man of God, your selfishness knows no bounds. You are thus doomed to wander these cursed woods until the time comes when your soul is free of the burden of guilt. With a delicate flick of the wrist, the gatekeeper disappeared in a cloud of smoke. The fog slowly rolled in. The trees seemingly followed, with the canopy closing overhead. 
skittering footfalls and clawing scrawling echoed in the mist as curious hands and feet drove numerous dark shapes through the fog towards Mike. Thick gray mist clawed across Mike's flailing body as he kicked and screamed at the creatures in the fog. Flowing down his throat, the fog smothered him in a cool, damp embrace as he was welcomed with open arms into the forest of the damned. When I found I was the last survivor in at least an entire city, I thought the silence was the most terrifying thing I ever heard. However, when the silence was broken by my glasses crunching underfoot, I had to reconsider my prediction. And with that, our time together is coming to an end. As always, I'd like to thank the writers who let me read their stories this evening. I truly enjoyed reading both of them. The first one about the woman running up the stairs away from a grunge-looking woman who really was just trying to save her? I actually quite enjoyed the twist on that. And then the story about the man who gets to the iron gates and meets death and finds out he's not worthy of getting into the afterlife. Both of these stories were an enjoyment to read, so thank you guys. And of course, I hope you enjoyed these stories. If you're on a platform that allows it, please leave me a review, and if you can, a comment. If you're on Spotify specifically, I do leave questions that you can answer as well. If you'd like to help this podcast grow, please share it with anyone who might enjoy it. And if you'd like to get early access and a few other bonuses, I do have Patreon and also memberships for the podcast as well. And if you'd like to do just a one-time donation, I do have Buy Me a Coffee and PayPal. All the links, including the ones to my socials and website, are down in the show notes for you guys. But as always, guys, thank you so much for listening. And I have been trying to make this podcast a little bit better for listening. So I hope you guys are appreciating some of the differences I've been making. Sleep tight and don't let 42 bite.